I think if you put value in people, money will come. But if you invest in people and that the relationships that people can build within themselves and the tribes that they can make on their own, then the money will come. Part BN. Three, two, one, here we go from the Play Normal Esports Studio. This is Pod BN talking to people doing big things in Bloomington Normal. I am Tyson. My name is Justin. We're going to be talking to Lori Mines here in a minute, who is a fitness enthusiast, and she's also a serial entrepreneur. But first, we want to make sure we recognize our sponsor, which is Little Beaver Brewery. Uh, they are located right off the Big Gold's Gym off Veterans Parkway, Commerce Drive area. They have a large draft list. They're open Tuesday through Sunday. If you like micro-brews, home-brews, and you like to support local businesses, be sure to check out Little Beaver Brewery. Uh, you can find out what they have on tap uh, online, and you can also just go ahead and visit them. They have food there. They have free popcorn, free almond free nuts uh, and a lot of good beer so check them out so okay so Lori, welcome to the podcast hi thanks, thanks for coming on hello it's nice to be here so uh fitness enthusiast mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that um well uh probably most notably i've maintained a running streak which means i run a minimum of one mile every single day for four straight years into my fifth and i see no reason to end it anytime soon how many days um, 1565, I believe, this morning I, I counted correctly. 15,065. That's a lot of days. So when did you start doing that? Um, what led it, you to do that? Well, let me talk about the New Year's Eve I had at the Boyd's house, <laughs> uh, where Justin, his wife Chrissy, good friends of ours, uh, had some beverages, and I woke up the next morning not feeling the greatest as you can expect after a New Year's Eve party. And I was like, no, today's the day. If I don't start today, I'm never going to start. So I started my streak January 1 that day, um, you know, four years ago. And uh, I've just ran every day since. So that's interesting. New Year's resolutions always are historically like fails, right? Mm -hmm. People set them and they forget about them by like the 10th of January. Mm -hmm. So you've over 1,500 days in. Mm -hmm. um, What, what, at what point were you like, well, I can never stop this now? <laughs> yeah. You know, I started trying just a month. I'm like, I'm going to do a one-month streak. I had good friends of mine that have done streaks before, and I was like, I'm going to try just a month. And I finished a month, and I think maybe I'll do two months, and then I think maybe I'll do three months. And then after a while, it's just like, well, I mean, I've done it through hangovers. I've done it through busy work days. I work on my feet for 13-plus hours a day. I've done it through other heavy workouts. I did it the days after huge races. I've done it after marathons, after my Ironman. And if I can maintain the day after an Ironman a run streak, I mean, a typical Tuesday, like, what's my excuse for that? So prior to that January 1, were you a runner? Would you call yourself a runner before that? Yeah, I had ran before before that. I'd done a half marathon. I'd done a marathon at that point. Um, but my training for races is like, eh, I'll sign up and I'll do some training and we'll see how it goes. But having something that's just mine that I consistently do day after day is just a reminder every morning of all my core values and what my motivation is in life and where I want my day to go. And I know every single day I'm going to have that 10, 12, 15 minutes of time just for me. And every single day I accomplish it. I mean, it's an incredible feat to do anything for that period of time consistently. So 
to think about running, I'm guessing by now for sure you're probably a pretty efficient runner. How long does it take you to run up, run that mile every day? I mean, if I'm just like doing a mile, yeah. it's just my cool down for the day. It's relaxing for me, usually about 10 minutes. So you got to figure it's 10 minutes to run, but then you also, especially if it's in the morning, but regardless, you got to you know go home, take a shower all that kind of stuff. So finding time, time is everybody's biggest excuse on why they don't do something that's healthy for them. So how do you find the time? Because you're an entrepreneur. You work on your feet, like you said. Um, you own multiple businesses. It's not like you're you're not a busy person. So how do you find that probably, what, 30 minutes to by the time you run and do everything else? What, what makes you do that? Um, I think this is very clear that everyone has enough time. Because we all have 24 hours. This has been told to me many times. We all have 24 hours a day, just like Beyonce. Like, think of how much she gets done in a day. Um, It's all about scheduling your time and using your time the most efficient way you can. So there's a lot of dead time in a day that I think people take for granted or they're scrolling their phone or they don't have schedule. They don't know what time, what, what they're using with that block of time in their day efficiently. And I think that I've just made a habit of starting my day with a schedule and knowing when I start every activity of my day. I know what time I take my shower. I know what time I start my run. I know what time I finish my run. I know what time I go to work. I know what time I make my breakfast. Everything is scheduled in my day, so there's no dead time, and I get the most out of every day. So do you really put your run on your calendar? Absolutely. Yeah. I put my run on my calendar. I put when I start laundry on my calendar. I put when I take my nap <laughs> on my calendar. I put when I wake up from my nap on my calendar. When I play with my dogs on my calendar. I put everything I need to do every single day on my planner. And is it is the run always in the morning or always in the evening, or do you, does it just kind of depend on the It day? varies day by day, and then on days that are like... Um, you know, strange days, like on days where like I'm going to my friend's wedding or I'm a bridesmaid in a wedding, like it may be a strange time for me to go for a run. Or if I'm on vacation and it's I don't have a schedule for the day, it's more exciting to find the time to have a new experience for my run because my day-to-day run is sometimes just like it's the same thing every single day. But if I have the opportunity to like bring in a friend that doesn't usually run or run in a weird place I've never ran before, I find that really exciting. So I always try to make the time for that. Yeah, it's a nice pl- nice way to find a find out about a new area when you're there For instead sure. of being in a car you get more of a sense of what's yeah, going on yeah I've ran in airports I've pulled over on the side of the road and ran through truck stops and it's just experiences that I've seen that other people maybe haven't had the opportunity to see and I think it's so fun it's so fun for me to like find a new way to have my run for the day and a new path to take it's really exhilarating maybe I'm a nerd so you run at least a mile a day. How many days a week do you think you run more than a mile? Oh, I have a training plan depending on what I'm going for. For I'm training for an Ironman right now. So right now I'll do a day of speed work, a day of hills, a midweek run, and a long run. So four days out of the seven, I've got definitely more than a mile. And then my other days I'm just doing as cross-training days and where I'll do my bike and I'll do my swim and I do my weight training, my strength training. I also teach yoga. <laughs> Plug. I also teach yoga uh, one day a week. It's 7 p.m. at Bloomington Normal Barbell Club. It's free, and I would love anyone that's listening to this to come see me. So we love the plugs that are free. So that's yeah, pretty cool. So, so, so at what do you call it? The Barbell Club? Bloomington Normal Barbell Club. Where is that located? It's right next to Gill Street, um, connected to CrossFit Power and Grace. Um, I am in an upstairs loft at 7 p.m. every Thursday. Totally free. All ability levels, bring your own mat and a smile. 
So why do you do that for free? I just love it. <laughs> I love it so much. I love my people. I love the people that come. I love the energy that happens when you offer something as a gift. And I just think that people shouldn't always expect money for something they really enjoy doing. Obviously, I'm an entrepreneur. I've built my business doing what I love and getting paid for it. But this is just a one hour every week where I do what I need to do because it's good for my body. And if I can share it with other people, I enjoy that even more. So the more the merrier, everybody come. What, what I find cool about that is that I relate it to what Tyson and I do. So you probably would do that one hour of yoga a week no matter if anybody showed up or not. For sure. Right? And, and I think with this podcast, we're a lot like that. Like I always say that I like talking to interesting people. And if other people want to tune in and listen, like, that's cool, too, mm-hmm. right? But if they don't, I'm still going to, like, invite right. you for coffee or invite for some sure. of our past guests for coffee. So I, I can relate to that. Wait, yeah, our coffee last here? <laughs> <laughs> water. <laughs> we, we need more water budget. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked to Jennifer. I talked to Jennifer McDade for our last episode, and she called what her micro business is a sustainable hobby. Yeah. And I, I like that framing a lot because, you know, there's money involved, but only enough that you mm-hmm. just don't have to be spending lots of, you know, hundreds of dollars out of pocket in order to do something you otherwise enjoy so you're a runner um obviously yoga but you you also i don't know if this is even the right term but it's kind of a power lifter too you like to lift yeah, weights right absolutely how'd you get into that god i love that if i had more hours in my day i would weight train more than I do now. Currently, I'm only doing uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I'm really fortunate to have a good group of girls that I train with every 5 a.m. at the Bloomington Normal Barbell Club, and they're just awesome. So they keep me super accountable to make sure I show up and I do what I need to do as cross-training for my other hobbies and sports, the triathlons and the marathons. Um, But I really just enjoy it. Um, I've competed in powerlifting um, for the um, World United Association of Powerlifters. I currently have a national record in deadlift. Um, that I achieved last fall. Um, I haven't been competing powerlifting a lot recently, but I just really enjoy it. I started in a CrossFit atmosphere where I was um, a member of a gym doing CrossFit-type workouts, and then I became a coach. I became certified, and I was coaching other people in CrossFit and powerlifting, and it just kind of evolved from there. Picking up heavier weights is really addicting. So, you know, the heavier I lift, the more I want to go, and just that kind of thing. I really enjoy it. So you mentioned you got a group of girls. Um, how many people do you help train, and do you get paid for any of that, or is this just like your your tribe, like your group of people that you like to work out with? Yeah, we just get together and we work out together because we enjoy it. I don't currently get paid from them to work out there. Um, they just go where I go. So because I wanted to lift heavy at a certain time period and I needed to do the program I wanted to do, I went to you know this gym, Bloomington Normal Barbell Club, which I love. Um, and he's given me, the owner of that gym, Brian Lars, given me complete flexibility to run whatever program I'd like to run out of there, which I really appreciate. Um, so the girls, I was training our runners, and they're like, we need to do some strength training. So I was like, hey, girl, show up with me. So then they just got memberships there, too, and now we all just weight train together Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and it just works out for all of us. I'm not getting paid to do that. I just, I was going to do it anyway, and they do what I do, maybe modified, and I make sure they're safe, and everybody wins. So I, I won't ask your age because I know that's impolite. But well, I'm is 33. It? All right. So have you always been an athlete or? Oh no. So when did this oh, happen? No. Um. Well, you know, if you want to go back to my childhood, Justin. Uh, um. I didn't start running until. Uh, oh God, what year? Probably. Hmm, 
2015, maybe five, six years ago. Well, that's okay. not that's so late twenties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, late twenties. Um, and really, I started just like I wanted to lose some weight. I'd gotten a little heavy after college. I'd started my career, um, you know, working full time, long hours as a manager. You pack on some weight. Um, I had a lot of stress. I needed to burn off some stress. So I started running just as like a just I want to not be chubby anymore. So I started a, a weight loss kind of train. And now that I've achieved that, now it's purely just, it's social and it's goal-based. Like I just have met so many cool people and I just do it because I enjoy it and it's fun. I've met so many interesting individuals and the relationships I've built there that um, I just enjoy doing that. And um, now that's just the only reason that gets me out of bed in the morning. <laughs> You said at the beginning that it reminds you of your core values and your motivations in life. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Oh, for sure. Like, I don't know why this is a shock to everyone in the world, but I just like people to be happy. So if you're not happy with what you're doing, you're not happy in your job, I want to help you find a new job. I'm an entrepreneur. I want to help you start whatever lights your fire, whatever ignites your passion. Um, I want you to be happy with your with your self-esteem and your body image. As women, that's very hard to achieve. So if you're not happy with where you're at with your body composition, I want to help you meet those goals too. I just want people to live like their best life, and I don't see why that should be a shock to anyone. Every human should have that goal, and not everybody does. So I want to help people find that. So... What is your favorite part of fitness? So you, you're a runner, you're a weightlifter, you're a yoga instructor. Um, if you could only do one of those things, what's your what's your passion? I just really love running. Yeah. <laughs> is it meditative to you? It's very relaxing for me, and it's cathartic to be out there, and it's consistent. And I'm a creature of habit, so I really like the monotony of, like, step after step after step. And I also like that running brings a different community of people. So I like people that maybe have started like, I can't run at all. I only go at X, Y, Z pace. I love running with those people, even though it's not a pace that's maybe what someone would look at as a challenge for me. I still love running with anyone. I will run with anyone, anytime, anywhere. I will be there. I just really enjoy it, and I like what it brings to people. People that think they can never run, and then they start running, and then they've done a 5K, and they've done done a 10K. I just love the journey. So talk about your first, um, I think I was there, to, was this your first marathon or half marathon? Half marathon. Half marathon. You were there. It was so yeah. great. It was the Twin Cities We Care Half Marathon, and it was my first goal race. I actually had never done any race at all in my life before signing up for this half marathon. How long have you been running prior to that? I had been running just the season. So I maybe started in, like, the springtime, and this was a falltime race. <laughs> I don't. I can't. It. I can't imagine like being like I'm going to pick up running. I'm also going to sign up for a half marathon. Well, <laughs> you meet you meet Julie Sibley on your first group run, <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, you should do the thing." And so I did the thing. So and Julie Sibley is the owner of the Fleet owner Feet. of Fleet Feet Sports in Bloomington, yep. which is the only place you should go. It's amazing. <laughs> Um, so I met Julie on like a fun run where I'd like I'd been running privately like after dark with like sunglasses on so that no one would see my fat jiggle like you know that's what you do like under cover of dark I can't tell people I'm running because then they'll have expectations so I finally like had the courage to like go to a group event and I met Julie and the doors just opened from then um, so I did the Twin Cities We Care Half Marathon in the fall and I had not done an actual race prior to that 
two weeks before Julie's like, maybe you should like do something before I'm doing the Glow Run 5K at Prairie Vista Golf Cart Golf Course. You should do that. So you get used to like having a bib on and the gun shoot and then doing the race and crossing a finish line before a half marathon. And so I did that and it was awesome. It was so fun. I had the best time. And so the Glow Run holds a near and deep like portion of my so that heart. Was your first race. It was my very first race. Yeah. And then two weeks later, we did the half marathon. Is shooting, awesome. f- is shooting for an event like that an important part of um, your your training and focusing your training on what you're doing? Or is it more that you have like a, a fitness that you maintain because you enjoy it and then you can apply it in those different ways? That's a great question. So um, I always tell people when they're talking about training that if you don't put your money on the line, you're not going to follow through with it. And I think that's probably similar in a lot of other fields. That unless you've got this day this time this event is going to happen, you're not really got the fire under you to stay consistent with your training or your program um, for mostly anything. So I don't love races actually, like the day of race. It's always just overly stressful and sure the race is fun and then the recovery afterwards, but the training portion is what I enjoy. So the consistency of like Monday I do this, Wednesday I do this, Saturday, Sunday I'm doing this because I've got X, Y, and Z on this date if you don't have a date in mind you're not going to stay consistent to any program because there's no goal so you're like I'll take the day off I think deadlines are important right with any business working out personal life or whatever Mm -hmm. so if I'm going to do this by X date Mm -hmm. because there's a quote and I'm going to butcher it but it's something along the line of like a goal without a deadline is just a wish right correct yeah yeah. I agree with that yeah so I think that's important Um, so you did your half marathon Mm -hmm. You completed that half marathon. Oh, for sure. It was great. And, I mean, I, I, I was there. I know how excited you were to complete that. How quickly did you d- do something else, and, and what else was that? Well, these girls. So this is just what happens. This is how you get, like, peer pressured into things because I was like, we're done. We did the half marathon. We did it. It's over. And then they're like, oh, we're going to train for the full. We're going to train for a full. And I was like, oh, but but why? But why? I thought we were done. (laughs) And then, no, we're not done. So um, I had another good season of running. Uh, Did the same race the same the next year, the half marathon. And then that following April, did my first full marathon after having a year to conceptualize that I'm going to do this. It's happening. That, that current April was too soon to be prepared for it, so I gave myself a year of training, and then I did the full marathon the next year. But after that first race— Was it uh, the same race, the marathon, or did you do mm-hmm. a different—what was that? Race? So the We Care Twin Cities is a local race. It's only offered as a half marathon. Oh, okay. um, Champaign, um, Illinois Marathon is offered at the U of I um, Christie Clinic, and it runs through the city of Champaign, and you get to run through the U of I Stadium, and your picture's on the big mega mega screen, and it is so fun. You were also at that one. Um, that was a really interesting, unique experience, and it's like it's a great marathon. It's a great race. Yeah. Um, so that was my first marathon, but I had planned it the year prior. Now, I'm going to jump into a different part of your fitness All because right. I kind of remember this, but I'd like to hear the full story. Sure. Um, because after you've done a marathon, you kind of probably the same peer pressure came to you about mm-hmm. this Ironman thing, oh, this Lord. triathlon thing, yep. and all this stuff. But if I recall right, you didn't know how to swim. No, I did not. <laughs> not at all. So, so so talk me through that. Did you get convinced to do a, a, one of these and then had to learn to swim, or how did that come about? Lord. So let me just tell you. little short background. I grew up 
single mom, mother of two, who's amazing, best mom in the world. But we never really went on vacations or like had swim lessons because we just didn't have that in our budget growing up. So I didn't know how to swim in any kind of efficient manner. I knew how to like sit on the poolside and order a drink at the swim up bar. I knew how to do that. It's but, a Justin type of swimming. That's you know, <laughs> that's that's what I knew how to do. Um, I had no idea how to swim for efficiency. So I watched some YouTube videos, as any serious athlete would do. <laughs> Just Google it. Yeah, that's how I learned to swim, too. And I, like, gave it a go. It wasn't going super well. And so I was referred by many of my colleagues and friends, like, well, you need to get, like, a swim coach and get some swim lessons. So I got a couple swim lessons from a uh, local athlete, Dave Quinn, who um, is... Uh, lead athlete of the um, endurance company. It's a triathlon group in town. Amazing. Amazing. So he gave me a lot of good pointers. I had a couple sessions with him and um, did my first triathlon, which is a sprint. It's That's the, the sh- companies, right? Correct. Yeah, um, yeah the Joe Company and Carrie mm-hmm. Company also run. Good people. Uh, amazing people. Awesome. Wonderful. Um, endurance company. So, uh, so I did a sprint triathlon. Survived that. Um, I did... I skipped straight from a sprint and did a half Ironman, which is a mile and a quarter swim, a 56-mile bike, and a half marathon, 13.1-mile run. And it was my favorite race ever. It was so fun. Half distances are my favorite. But, of course, after the half, then they're like, we're going to do the full. And I was like, I thought we were done. I thought that was it. We did the half. Um, So then they, you know, peer pressured me into doing this Ironman. So I started training for that. What was that like? So how from the time that you were not a runner mm-hmm. to the time you completed an <laughs> Ironman, how long a time are we talking mm-hmm. about? Six years. Okay. And so when you crossed the finish at an Ironman, mm-hmm. like, nobody likes to brag about themselves. But tell me, like, what were your thoughts when you did Dude, that? Dude, it was just such a cool day. Yeah. There wasn't a single minute of that day where I didn't have some goofy smile on my face because I was having just the time of my life. It, I would like to say it was like my best day of my life, but of course there's many other momentous <laughs> days of my life that um, have happened. But I just had a really solid good day, and I don't really care about how hard it was physically or the recovery or how tired I was. It was just the energy of the race and just being surrounded by so many people meeting their goals, and everyone was having so much fun and was being so encouraging. So I was out there for my two-and-a-half-mile swim, I had the swim of my life. I was faster than I've swam previously. I ran all the way up to where my bike is, which is a little bit of a jaunt, up this, like, circulating um, concentric circle, curly cue kind of, like, ladder, like, basically a parking garage. Um, And then I realized, oh, balls, I forgot my glasses by the water, and I can't see without them. So I ran all the way back down and went all the way past all my, I saw my friends, like, watching me and my mom and Tater Top, (laughs) my best friend, and they're like, you're going the wrong way. And I was like, I know, I forgot my glasses. So I had to go. That was the only, like, hang-up I had for the day. And then I got on a 112-mile bike ride, finished that, kind of dying, uh, but I was so happy to get to the run, so happy to get there because running's my favorite. So I got off the bike, and I put my headband on upside down, and I didn't know, and I ran that full marathon, and I could not have been happier to get off the bike and get onto the runs. It was just a great day. I had so much fun. 
I think one of the cool, I mean, I keep coming back to this, but one of the cool things uh, about your story is that you weren't an athlete. You weren't a real runner until your late 20s. And here you are only 33 now, and you can say you're an Iron Man woman. Iron Man, yeah. Iron Man. It's a uh, brand. Okay. You're an Iron Man. Uh, you, you've accomplished a streak that's pretty amazing of over 1,500 days running. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it about the way your thought process works that makes you want to do this? Like, what's what's the drive is my real question, I guess. Um, I don't really know. I guess I just really enjoy cultivating human experiences. So every opportunity that I have to have a new experience in life, I'm going to take it. So if I could run with someone that's never ran before, I'm going to take it. If I can run with someone that's way more elite than I am, I'm going to take it if I have that opportunity. If I could run somewhere that I've never been before, I'm going to take it. And I feel like these are just all little pieces they're going to flesh out the tree of my life. And if I have an option to do that, I'm going to take it. I'm not just going to sit around and do nothing. So if you take yourself back, let's say you started running and you didn't like it. Let's say you didn't like any of it. Yeah. You don't find it, like, enjoyable at all. Right. Either. And some people don't. I don't think it's for everyone. Yeah. So what what kind of exercise do you think you would do if you didn't like it? I would probably have found powerlifting eventually. Because yeah. I really... I'm naturally akin to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if that's not your thing, I think it's important to find something that ignites your passion, something that you wake up every day and you're like, yeah, I get to do the thing. It doesn't matter what that thing is. Like, there's got to be something in everyone's life that drives them to be like, I can't wait to get home and do this thing. And you just have to find that and expand upon it. And I think people just don't find it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's sometimes it could take people longer to find whatever that is because mm-hmm. they might think they don't like exercise because they don't like running or they don't like lifting or they don't like they got to find their thing. Um, I mean, I last six months found kickboxing, right? Woo-hoo. Like I, I would struggle to find anything cardio that would work me out until I found kickboxing. And then I'm like, you know, exactly what you described. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'm excited to wake up at 4.48 in the morning to go to kickboxing. Um, I get to kick stuff. That's fun. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, so my background, um, my in high school I was completely focused on basketball um, and then ended up getting injured, and I can't really do okay. any sort of competitive. Uh, I would describe it as I can't run in one direction and look in another direction at the same time because mm-hmm. I'll end up re-spraining my ankles and messing my knees up and stuff right, like that. So pretty much all, like, strategy involved. Uh, I tried doing uh, ultimate frisbee and then ended up oh. re-injuring myself. So then I've, uh, but that was always what drove me in that. Mm-hmm. Like that was a thing for me. Basketball mm-hmm. is playing like one to two hours a day and I just loved it. Um, I think I more liked just to be popular because that was a popular sport. Yeah. I think I just liked yeah. the notoriety that it yeah. gave me. I don't Social know interaction. I, really, I don't yeah. know that I really liked the actual activity that much, but I liked people looking at me. Positive feedback. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on Depends on what you're doing to get that attention, but uh, but yeah, now now I haven't really f- I haven't found any other sort of exercise that I actually enjoy. But there are other things that I do like, like I like listening to podcasts mm-hmm. and I like reading. Um, and so then I just have uh, like I listen to podcasts while I lift weights or I sure. read while I'm on the um, incumbent. That's the positive motivation to get you to do something maybe you don't want to yeah. do. You're like, but if I do it, then I can listen to this thing. Yeah. And my kids are. Um, when they were babies, they wouldn't go into childcare, but now they will go into childcare. So mm-hmm. it's also just like a motivation to take to a break from them. I can <laughs> right. put them in there for an hour. I mm-hmm. can just do something, catch up on some work. Yeah. Or, whatever gets you know, it done, just man. Whatever, whatever do it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just got to figure out, like you said, what it, where do your passions lie and then, mm-hmm. and then link it to it, right? Right. 
Yeah. My wife also makes fun of me because I tend to find, I really like video games, but I try to find ways like where I, you know, in order to go to the next stage or every time I die, I have to do like 10 push-ups or something oh, like that. Oh, that's cool. So then like that way that. I'm just like, yeah. you know, I'm very driven to do it and I'll play it for an hour and I'll end up doing like 150 push-ups. Uh, those that, are games that are not very good. That's better than like, I get a cupcake when I'm done with this. Yeah, that's, that's not <laughs> good. That's added to it. So, yeah. All right. So we're uh, about at our halfway point now. When we go to the, when we like to... Um, did we warn you about the lightning round? We didn't warn you. A here it bit. is. Okay. I, I may have mentioned it. Okay. So we're going to do the uh, lightning round here before there's, the there's, break. There's holes in my brain. So I'll, I'll say things and you just tell me the, the word or, you know, one to three words that come to your head with it. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. CrossFit. Rogue. <laughs> it's a brand of CrossFit attire. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Bloomington Normal Running Culture. Oh, amazing. Uh, least favorite, swimming or biking? Oh, biking. Oh, God, I hate biking. Keto diet. Um, effective if done properly. Okay. Sidewalk or road? for Road. <laughs> and hot pockets. Ew. No. Uh-uh. Okay. Well, we'll, hire, we'll um, take a quick break here to hear from a sponsor, and we'll be right back with Lori. We want to take this opportunity to thank our sponsor, Play Normal Esports. Be sure to check them out at PlayNormalEsports.com. They have Nintendo Switches, Xboxes, PlayStation, PC games, anything for anybody that's anywhere interested in games. you got to check them out. Um, I want to make sure to mention that they have a Game Till Dawn lock-in on Friday, April 26th. Be sure to log on to the website, check it out early. You get discounted prices if you sign up early. Thank you to Play Normal Esports for the sponsorship, PlayNormalEsports.com. Okay, we are back. So anyone who's been listening to this for a while knows that I'm not a huge fan of driving myself, so I try to walk or bike to wherever I go. I'm wondering, Lori, is uh, is running for you um, mostly just exercise, or do you tend to use it as like a method of transportation to get where you're wanting to go to? I would say, actually, I don't use it as a method of transportation, but I always think about it. I was like, I could run there. Like, when I'm driving on the interstate, I see, like, two miles miles to the next exit. I could totally totally run there. Um, I've sometimes brought my bike to work, but just depending on how long my work day is and how long I want to be, like, out after hours biking on the streets, um, sometimes I'll ride my bike to work, or I only live two miles away from my workplace, so I really could run to work every day. It just depends on how long my work day is going to be, yeah. if I use that efficiently or not. Is where you live the, um, from where you live is the infrastructure set up where like that would be something that would be like okay for you to Absolutely. do? Absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah. we have a really good, um, a really good bike lane system in place and I think that it could probably be a little bit more branched out, but from my positioning where my house is and where my salon is that I own, um, it's very easy to get to and I would feel safe doing so. Um, and I'm a very responsible cyclist, so I feel like I feel confident I could handle that. Yeah. Is there anything that you feel like is a particular positive or negative of Bloomington when it comes to running and cycling around here? We have a really great trail. Constitution Trail is really take it for granted because if you've ever lived in any other city that doesn't have a really nice maintained trail like we have, um, you really take it for granted. And I I mean, that's 100, like probably... 80% where I run is on the trail, and it, I've never had any issues. I think it's very well maintained. I've never had any issues with other people on there, um, besides just, like, regular, like, um, you know, etiquette. Like, sometimes people are in their headphones, and they don't pay attention to you, but overall, great experience. 
So you mentioned the salon, so that gives me a lead-in. So mm. on top of you, like, you know, exercising 18 hours a day, which is what it sounds like. I know that's not what you do, but um, what else do you do? Because I, 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 uh, when I introduced you, I said you're a serial entrepreneur. So how, you, you're a hairstylist. Yes. You own the salon that you do hair at. Yes. But then you also own another location. Yes, yes. So let me talk about that. Yeah. So I own my own business. It's Hello Beautiful Hair Salon, and I am located inside um, my very good friend salon, K and Co Hair Hair Studio. So I rent my space to do my business behind the chair outside of her salon. Um, so Kayla is the owner of K and Co Hair Studio. She's amazing. Also my business partner. Um, she has a studio that has four chairs, and I rent one of them to perform my business. Hello Beautiful, and she rents the other two to other entrepreneurs to run their own businesses as well. Also amazing girls. Um, Kayla and I together as a partnership have now opened Haven Studios, um, which is right off Linden and Empire, right across from Keg Grove Brewery, off the Constitution Trail, prime location, up and coming neighborhood. And so we rent the six chairs that are in Haven Studios to other sole proprietors, entrepreneur, hairstylists to run their businesses out of as well. We currently have two full-timers in Haven Studios. Um, we have a, one full-timer starting in May and another signed on to start in June, which means we'll have four of the six chairs filled by June 1st. So positioning is limited. If anyone is looking to rent space out of a beautiful, brand-new business right by downtown, prime location, you can hit me up and I'll maybe give you an interview. So talk to me. I, I know... Hardly anything about being a hairstylist. If you've seen, me, I can't you know imagine. That. Why? But but you there, you could be an employee of someone as a hairstylist, Correct. or you can own your own business, kind of like you do and rent a chair and that kind of thing. Um, you were an employee before. Talk mm-hmm. about that leap. Um, so you okay. you were getting paid an hourly, maybe a commission. I don't know how that works. And then you decided one day that you know I could do this better. Right. So I worked for a corporate salon where I was an employee. I actually was the manager of the salon for thirteen plus years. Um, I was the manager for seven and then stepped down from management to pursue other interests in education. And I was just a commission-only employee at that salon. And that was great. I think that was a great experience, and I really appreciated all the education I got in that role. But as with many jobs, I had been to the top of where I could advance in that company. There was no more I could do. I had reached my limit. So it was time to just move on and to try other things and to expand my career and um, my branch other other places. Um, As some corporate situations, you may understand that that wasn't necessarily uh, met with the greatest feedback from the people that own the company. Um, However, we all got to keep being green and growing. So I moved on to start my own business and I've never looked back. It's been the best decision of my life. It was terrifying. And it's going to be terrifying for anyone that does that because it's so consistent. You're so complacent working for a company that's safe and you're kind of Stockholmed into thinking you're never going to be anything else outside of that company. But I'm here to tell you, you'll be fine. You'll be just fine. And so you made that leap um, initially. And from my perspective uh, as a friend, I see like, you know, two Two weeks, four weeks after you did that, you're like, "Well, that was that was a good decision." And then you you kind of got the bug, and you're like, 
what else can I do? Other how, people should have this. Yeah, and, and so that kind of is how I, what from my perception is how Haven got born, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, I want to have these. I want to give this opportunity to other people. Correct. So we, Kayla and I worked in um, inside K&Co where I ran Hello Beautiful. She runs K&Co Studios. And then the other two girls ran their own separate businesses. Our chairs were full. There's no room for anyone else. But we kept getting um, positioned by other pe- propositions from other stylists that are like, I want to do what you guys are doing. I want to go out on my own. Where can I do this? And there wasn't a place for us to send them. There was no place that we could say, you could have exactly what we have here elsewhere. So we're like, well, there's a need for this. So we just built one. You know, there wasn't a place for us to put people, so we made one. Um, and that's why we kind of came together to give other entrepreneurs and other stylists the opportunity to just, you pay your rent and you run your business. And that's all you ever have to do. And how much of the how much of that is part of your drive? How much of your drive is making money as you being an entrepreneur or opening another business versus you giving that opportunity to somebody else? It's huge. I mean, I am very fortunate to have the amount of clientele that I have that I love dearly, and my books are generally very full. I have very busy days behind the chair. Um, Outside of that, there's not much more I can advance with my physical capabilities. I can't possibly add any more hours to my day behind the chair. I can't possibly work any more clients in without sacrificing quality, and I'm not going to do that. So the only way for me to advance is to give others the opportunity to shine. So I would love to be able to take on more studio space, give more people the opportunity to go out on their own, and just give back more of what I felt like I've learned in the last few years. Um, and it's not as scary as you think it is. And there's other people that are there to mentor you, to help you, that we can all survive. I don't feel there's any competition in other hairstylists in this in this town or any town. There's room for all of us. T- Touch on that a little bit more. So you said there's people out there to help you. How important is that? How important is that circle of influence that you have around you to kind of like the people call it like your board of directors or mm-hmm. like how important is that for an entrepreneur to have that? It definitely helps. It's definitely helpful to have a sounding board of, oh, I'm not sure how to register my business name. I'm not sure when I need to pay my retail taxes. I'm not sure um, with social media, when's the best time to market? When's the best time to make posts? What kind of content do I need to be putting out there? It's definitely helpful to have a sounding board. However, if you didn't have that, I think it's still possible to make the leap even without all of that. Seek wise counsel and try to find the tribe if you need it, Um, but don't let because you don't know people be the reason you don't do it. Live your dreams and do it. Figure it out later. So you have at Haven six chairs, and you said you, you're going to have four of those rented out Correct. currently. Yep. And I kind of caught something uh, previously of what you said is you're 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 always open to finding more of those, right? Yes. So, how big do you see this getting? Um, I would take any <laughs> any place that has chairs for rent. Is I'm always looking for opportunities to expand because I just think I think long term like. Perhaps in the next year, I'll have every chair filled at Haven. Every chair is already filled at K&Co and then some. Um, and then I'm stuck. Like, then there's no more room to advance. So then i got to find something else. So you're, 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 in the, you're in the mentality of if you're not growing, you're dying kind of thing. Like, you, Absolutely. you don't want to just maintain something. I think that's important because I've seen entrepreneurs before um, who have the – the will, the wherewithal to to make the leap from whatever corporate or, or job security they have to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But then I've also seen the, the mistake of now I've earned what I made before and I'm good. 
right? Like yeah. now I can set my own schedule and I don't have a boss and I'm earning at least what I made in my corporate job so I don't need to grow anymore. Right. Why is that growth so important to you and what? How, how is that different than those other people I described? Well, I'm 33, so I have lots and lots of years to retirement. So there's that. I can't see myself, well, the chairs are full. I can just go on about my normal schedule for the rest of my life, the next 20 plus years. Um, that doesn't excite me. What excites me is like I want to broaden my reach, and I feel like this way with my fitness stuff too. I want to broaden my reach to help more people, as many people as I can. And that's going to be limited if I don't have an opportunity for them to advance their careers. So I want to create opportunities that people can grow and advance and become the best version of themselves in all fields. So also fitness, but also in business. So if there's stylists out there that are stuck where they're at and they don't know where to go and they feel like they've been doing the same thing on the same people for so long and they don't feel like there's other options for them, I want to make options and make jobs for people. And I've also learned um, that it's not just hair stuff. You've recently purchased another business or getting ready to purchase yes, another business. Yes, I'm just dipping my toe in to an online boutique. A friend of mine had started it up as an entrepreneur and did an amazing job with that. She's a stay-at-home mom with four kids that she homeschools, and she has done amazing branding, this online boutique. It was just too much to maintain, and so I'm just dipping a toe in, taking that over for her, um, and doing online e-commerce retail sales that way. There's really just not a lot of places to shop. What's uh, that called? Um, Harlow Brook Boutique. Uh, and I'll have links to all this information in the show notes if people great. want to try to find out more on any of these things. For sure. So um, there's just not a whole lot of options for sales. A lot of people go to their retail markets online. So why would they not want to buy from an independent um, sole proprietor or small business like myself instead of keeping them away from like, TJ Maxx, not that there's anything wrong with that, but um, the big corporations and when they can buy something local that's unique that they can get free shipping on, I'm more than willing to give that to them. What, what's the drive behind that? Did that we were a customer of theirs previously? Yeah. Or, and you're just like, I, and love I loved this so much. it. I loved it from the start. She started up and I was like, go girl. I was so proud that she had advanced into this and it gained momentum so quickly and it built a huge following, not even locally, just across the United States of followers because she can ship anywhere. Um, and I was even telling my best girlfriend and coworker Laura, I was like, we should have done this. Why didn't we do it? And then the position came around where she wanted to um, like hand it off and sell it. And I was like, I need to take this. I just felt like it was the time. I'd been looking at it and watching its growth and just admiring everything she's done. And I was like, I don't want this to just end. I don't want her to close the doors, close up shop, and it's all over. I was like, I need to resurrect it. So so did you pursue, pursue, pursue her absolutely. to purchase this? Absolutely. I was like, or? what you doing, girl? Want me to take that from you? <laughs> That's exactly what I did. And, um, and it's worked out great. We come to an understanding about everything, and I'm happy to let it live on. That's, that's, so that's, that's cool because it's a different um, – different arena than what you're used to right yeah. like like the, the it is and it isn't right but like the the haven is uh, it's different than what you're doing because currently <laughs> you're trading I mean even as an entrepreneur you're trading time for money right, right? with haven that kind of broke you from that now mm-hmm. you're not trading time for money now you're leveraging that a little bit mm-hmm. and now you're diversifying that by ha- having this online boutique so now it's right. a, another source of income coming in which I think a lot of entrepreneurs um, get and then many don't get right mm-hmm. that like 
you, there's a difference between owning your own business and owning your job. Right. <laughs> and, and right. It's all, in the end, women helping women, though, because the clothes that are offered at Hollerbrook Boutique are made from other small businesses. They're made from other sole proprietors that wanted to start up. They made designs. They started manufacturing clothes. And then I carry those clothes in my boutique, and I sell them to other small businesses, sole, sole proprietors, other women in the community that are looking to have fashionable clothes at an affordable price. And it's all a circle of us helping other women become successful and by their success, we are also successful. So it's all us building other businesses within businesses. Does your I see a wedding ring? Does your spouse hey. have a uh, what, have a, what does your spouse do? He's amazing. He's the best human on the planet. Matt okay. Mimes, best guy in the world. Um, currently does IT for Growmark, um, and he's very fully supportive of everything I do. He's yeah. always on board. My job takes me in wacky, crazy hours. I wake up at the crack of before dawn at 4.15. I oftentimes don't come home until 9.30, 10 o'clock, and he is fully happy with me embarking upon my dreams. Yeah, that seems to be a really effective combination if you've got one spouse who's got the stable income and the benefits, and then the other one can be more risky and take on some new businesses and work the longer hours. And right, things. and obviously there's you know there's the yin and yang of every situation. So I'm not saying that obviously my income is not stable. My income is mm-hmm. very stable. Mm-hmm. But... Um, also, I'm not sure. It's ha- it's good to have someone that is consistent in their drive and then someone that is um, a little bit more uh, passionate up and down. So, like, obviously we're in a growth period of life where everything's go, go, go all the time, all the time, all the time. At some point, that's going to come to an end and we're going to have stability, but it's going to take off again. Um, so you've got to have somebody that understands that momentum and is willing to ride it out with you one way and the other. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen that with, um, like, uh, also with parents as well, too, where um, you can have one of the spouses is more dedicated to a, a job or, you know, volunteer work that's more linked to the school schedule so that they can be there, you know, if there's a snow day or if there's a, um, you know, in the summer and things like that. Um, and then the other one, again, provides that stable income and right. the, uh, and yeah. So, because there are times when I think about like myself being a corporate person, oh, should I be, you know, should I do something that's riskier for mm-hmm. that upward potential? But, you know, I got I got uh, four people at home relying on me. And right, so right. The, and a dog the, and a dog, and two cats. <laughs> <laughs> so I um, but yeah, I had a different, you know, I when I talk to people like you or other people we've mm-hmm. had on the podcast about, you know, chasing your dreams in that way, I think about, you know, like when I'm when I'm older and they aren't depending on me so much that. You know, it's, it's inspiring to hear stories of people taking that gamble and it working out for them. Right. Also, I mean, we don't have kids at home, my husband mm-hmm. and I. Um, so now's the time I can play maybe a little bit more aggressively than I would have if I had dependents. Yep. However, my business partner, Kayla, is a single mom with two kids. And that is what motivates her, those kids, to do these things and to maybe be risky because she's building an empire for her children. She's able to take them on vacations because of the risks and the time management that she's made um, 
going out on our other advent, ed, endeavors, not adventures, um, and then the hard work she puts in behind the chair as a stylist herself. So there's a way to do it both ways. I mean, you can be an entrepreneur and take risks and still be consistent with your family. You can do it all. And there's no one in this world that should tell you that you shouldn't be able to do it all because you have kids or because you have a spouse or because you're single. Um you can do it all. And I think you touched on the way to do it, right? It's time management. Right. Um, you mentioned when we were talking about your fitness stuff that it's everybody has the same hours in the day. Um, it's just what you like do with Beyonce. Them. That's just like Beyonce. <laughs> that's right. Um, where, what's your what's your goals? What's your what's the future hold? I mean, you've accomplished a lot. I think um, you've definitely um, met some. You, you found a way to turn your passion into into income, which mm-hmm. is what everybody's goal is. But what's the future hold for Lori Mines? Oh, well, you know, who knows? Um, I am scheduled to do another Ironman. I'm doing Ironman Louisville this October. So I'm currently training for that as far as fitness goes, which is hard for me because I have to be dedicated to a race that's all the way in October. So there's all these things I'd like to be doing now that do not add to the value of training for a race that's in October, but I need to stay the course and stay on the program for that. Um, as far as business, I'm always looking for new opportunities opportunities to find other um, other salons or other avenues, other um, places where I could put stylists in and have them build their careers from that. But I've also been giving some thought recently to starting other empires of fitness professionals, of fitness professionals that have a tribe of people that they are currently training, bringing them into a facility that they could rent out, and then having them start their careers from there. So kind of cross-promoting um, the things that I'm interested in so similar with to, a similar business model. Similar to Haven, but yeah. maybe for fitness instructors. Right. right. Like, like I know a lot of people are like, oh, I've got a crew of 15, 20 people, and we get together and we train. Um, but maybe the facility doesn't have all the equipment we need. It doesn't have the space we need. It doesn't have the time we need. Um, and I would love to give people a place to live their dreams, give people a place to work, a place to train, and everyone can start their own business and be happy just giving them a space to do so. I like that some of your passion has to do with just letting other people do what you already did. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I think I that- don't want to control people. I manage people for years. I'm not in a position where I'd like to manage anyone. I would like them to manage themselves and to be empowered to do so. It's it's almost like you're giving them a toolbox to do it themselves, right? Like, sure. here's how you do it. Here's the model of how mm-hmm. you do it. You learn yourself and figure it out. I think that's really cool, too. Yeah. I mean, I think we should be more people-focused and less money-focused. So when I worked for a corporation, I always felt like they only saw me as a dollar sign. Mm-hmm. I only brought in so many sales a month. I only, you know, I was only money to them. They didn't value me as a person, and I want that to be the exact opposite of everything I do now. I think if you put value in people... Money will come. But if you invest in people and that the relationships that people can build within themselves and the tribes that they can make on their own, then the money will come. I would just like to ask fitness people this. How do you distinguish between a habit and an addiction? Um, I think an addiction takes away value from your life and a habit increases... um, a habit is what you do to support your goals in your daily life. Mm-hmm. If it's an addiction, um, that means it will take away from your core values and what your plans are for the future. It it almost inhibits them because it it's so it's such an addiction in the middle of your day. Yeah, it's if uh, it's a habit, it will build towards it's it. Taking away something that's of a higher priority. To yeah, you. right. Um, 
Do you monitor that in yourself or in others with exercise? I can see it. I mean, obviously, I'm flawless and have no <laughs> faults in any way, but I feel like I recognize it more in people when they run themselves to the detriment of their goal. So they'll work out and they'll train harder um, trying to achieve a goal when in reality the excess of training and the harder running and the excessive workouts and lack of rest is a detriment to the goal that they're looking for and they don't really realize it. They think, if I want to meet this goal, I have to train harder with no rest and more miles and more effort. Um, and I'm a huge proponent, proponent of recovery and cross-training and rest and nutrition. If you're not fueling your body and you're not resting it, it's not going to perform. And it's really taken me a long time to come to that point. I did not have that point of view when I was new. So I feel like I try to um, preach that now that I've learned that, um, that that's a huge portion of your end results is your recovery, your nutrition, and smart training and cross-training. Um, if you overtrain, it's not going to make you any better, I yeah. promise. Yeah, I, I ask because I've known endurance athletes who have um, like run to the detriment of their relationships and have gotten like divorced because they choose running over there. I mean, yeah, there's working that. on there. I've seen them also people run um, exercising injured like I did with basketball. Um, right. And uh, it, uh, I mean, there's there's certain types of pain that you're supposed to push through and other types of pain that you're not supposed to push right. through. And um, I I like when I see people supporting each other in that the answer to when you're uncomfortable or over fatigued is not always just to do more right correct yeah um and i've been very fortunate i've never had any running related mm. injury the only injury i can speak of was um a subluxation in my vertebrae that i was born with and then i ignored yeah. for a long 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 time you're fortunate um, with that i think statistically it I is believe... it is fortune and luck yeah. but it's also smart training like i know when i need to stop i know when i I need to rest. I know when I need to eat. And um, people that are trying to micromanage every calorie they take in as well as overtraining, I think that's where you get into a problem with injury. Um, so it's not always luck. It's also that I've been yeah. smart about training. Um, I just mean statistically, my understanding is running has the highest frequency of injuries. Severity because runners well, are dumb. <laughs> you know, we... if. You just have to listen to your body, and if it hurts, then stop. Yeah. Um, Julie Sibley told me that once. I was running, and I was crying, and everything hurt. And she's like, if you're crying, then stop. What are you doing? And I was like, oh, duh. Like, yeah. <laughs> it makes total sense. Yeah. The thing I can relate to most with uh, endurance athletes is um, I'm an actuary, so we take these very intensive math tests. We take one every six oh, months. Yeah. So you study for about five months straight. Um uh, for five years, I studied three hours a day on average. Good Lord. And so uh, it does become uh, people do it in ways that, like you said, they they start doing it to their own detriment, like mm -hmm. their stress level and the, the amount of time that they're spending. They're sacrificing sleep and nutrition. They start having medical issues. Yeah. Especially, don't, don't like, the week before the test right. or the week before the run, right? Yeah. Like, it's that not going to help. If, if you haven't gotten up to marathon or Ironman level right. the week before, the week before you're going to do it, then, it, then you're not going to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. Doing extra wind sprints the right. <laughs> time before or running. You're not going to make up miles. for it that last week. It's not going to make or break your race. Yeah, yeah. You're just going to hurt yourself. So, mm -hmm. okay, cool. So uh, we're getting towards the end here, but I, I want to make sure we give you the opportunity to plug everything that we've oh, talked man. about. So um, you've talked about free yoga. You've talked about um, a lot of your, your salon. Uh, 
give us all the lowdown. Where, where can people find more information about all those things? Um, I'm all about the social media, so you can find me, Lori Mines, on Facebook, Run Lori Run on Instagram, uh, Run Lori on Snapchat. Um, I do hair behind the chair. I am still accepting new clients based on consultation and um, availability. So you can have me do your hair at Hello Beautiful Salon. Uh, if you're a hairstylist and you're looking for a place to work and you're like, now's the time. I want to go out on my own. I want to start my own business. I don't know where to start. I will tell you where to start. I will help you do it. I will help you everywhere along the way. You can find me at Hello Beautiful Salon. Send me a DM. You can find Kayla at K&Co Hair Studio. She will also be happy to help you. We'll get you in there. We'll show you Haven. You can start living the dream, too. Um, If you'd like in the future to purchase some beautiful clothing at Harlow Brook Boutique, Um, we just started that, so we don't have a lot of new inventory up right now, but we'll check back it with me in a month, online, hollowbrookboutique.com, and we'll have stuff in there. Um, And if you'd like to train at the Barbell Club, Bloomington Normal Barbell Club, it's a great place to train. Um, Great equipment. Owner's awesome. Free yoga win. Um, Free yoga. Bloomington Normal Barbell Club, 7 p.m. every single Thursday. I don't think I've missed a Thursday this year at all. Um, And it's free to anyone, all ability levels. It's a fun stretch, recovery you know, rehabilitation type of yoga. It's not so much a align your chakras, find your Jesus yoga. That's what I commonly say. Um, there's many opportunities to do that in this town. That's just not, not really what this is. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's just a good time. It's free. Come check it out. All right. Well, Laurie, you're always, I mean, I've known you for, for years now, and you're always someone that motivates me. Um, you drive me to make sure that, you, you you put me in check to make sure I'm still motivated within my own goals, and I appreciate that about you. Your energy is um, addictive. So thank you for joining us. Um, we'll make sure to put all those in the in the podcast notes so people know where to find you and know where to find your salon. But great. thanks for hanging out. I thanks so it. much for having me. This has been so fun. It's my first podcast. I think it's so great. <laughs> thank you. I do. Speak confidently. Damn. Work on that. I can be confident. Let's Mm -hmm. do this.